it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And thanks to our mates at Grime Malt, that's what we're here to do, talk about beer. Uh, so you might have noticed a slight uh, change in pitch and accent. So this is not Matthew Kierkegaard, Australian Brews News Editor. This is uh, Senior Journalist Claire Burnett, replacing Matt today. Um, and usually I stick to writing. I'm a writer, it's what I like to do. But this week we are discussing an issue that's pretty close to my heart, um, for obvious reasons, uh, which is sexism in the industry. You know, I've seen some male writers and publishers recently uh, take a bit of a, uh, well, they've they've written articles and broadcast things and what have you. And actually, I think this is a conversation that women should be leading um, rather than men on this one. And, and this is a chance for them to potentially listen to, to what we have to say and what the issues are from our perspective. Um, the issue, um, unless you've been living under a rock or you're just recovering from Good Beer Week, is that two or three weeks ago, Brienne Allen of Notch Brewing in Salem, Massachusetts. She asked women to share their stories and experiences on sexism in the industry, and it went pretty crazy. Um, there were so many um, stories flooded in. It led to resignations and firings and disciplinary action from lots of men in the industry that were pretty high profile and pretty prominent. Um, it's made its way over here to Australia and New Zealand. Um, we saw an account on the Crafty Pint, um, and I'm pretty sure there's been lots of conversations going on behind closed doors, talking about its relevance to the Australian context, pretty much. So to discuss how this one affects us and what we as an industry can do about it and what their organisations are doing about it, um, we've got Sabrina Kunz, Executive Director of the Brewers Guild of New Zealand. Hey, Sabrina. Hi, Claire. Hi, ladies. <laughs> uh, Kylie Lethbridge of the Independent Brewers Association. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Tiff Waldron, President of the Pink Boots Society, which, full disclosure, I'm a member of um, and a big fan of the organisation which supports uh, women in the industry and obviously has its foundations uh, in the US organization as well so hey Tiff. Hey Claire thanks for that. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I mean yeah let's dive in everyone. Uh, I obviously assume you guys have all sort of flicked through some of those stories on Brienne's Instagram account and have been having your own conversations in the industry as well. Um, so what were your reactions really to to Brienne and to those stories and what have you heard much about it down here really? Yeah I think so for me I was working a a beer event the first day of good beer week and I saw them start popping through and I couldn't stop flicking through and reading them and I just felt I think it immediately just kind of felt heavy in my chest knowing that this was kind of this was happening and the reckoning was finally coming. So for me it was sort of shock but not surprise Um, so we know you know since the Me Too movement started and, and certainly in the New Zealand context you know, there've been a bunch of reporting that, you know, there's evidence that sexual harassment is endemic in all sorts of industries in New Zealand. And so, you know, we have to acknowledge that this type of activity occurs in our industry. We're part of the broader society. And so, um, you know, as sort of Tiff said, it was, you know, the reckoning was kind of finally coming, but it wasn't surprising, notwithstanding that each of the individual incidents are still shocking on their own. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd echo Sabrina and Tiff, Claire. Um, you know, for me, 
uh, the, the, the kind of person I am, I, I uh, like Tiff, had a physical reaction. Um, mine was more of kind of feeling quite ill um, at reading some of the accounts. Again, not a surprise, but when you hear it coming from so many people all at once, it's quite shocking. And, and I think, uh, you know, reading the follow-up article in, in the Crafty Pint, um, which, you know, all hats off to anonymous because it was extraordinarily well written and it wasn't just for me it wasn't just a complaint it was a call out for change and I think that's the most important thing that that has or or could potentially come out of this whole challenging issue yeah definitely but what extent do you think this is brewing industry and what extent is this wider society like this is the world that we live in rather than specifically brewing obviously in the world, we know that this happens in any industry. We we know for sure this is not the first industry this is happening in. I think it's a, a little bit different in that, one, this is a very male-dominated industry. Um, most of the leadership positions are held by men. And also, generally, everything is fueled by alcohol. So And everything kind oh, of yeah. gets pumped up a little on, you know, alcohol, but it's not an excuse for misbehaving or harassment or assault from my perspective i guess um uh, you know those that um know me or have met me know that i'm a year into the working in the brewing industry i've certainly been a, a consumer for quite some time but this is not new this is um you know i've experienced this my whole life up until you know very recently and so Again, sadly, um, it, it's something that's quite common. And when I came into the brewing industry, it was very evident to me at the beginning that it was, and, and certainly told uh, to me that it was a very male-dominated industry. Since then, I've I've met some amazing women and responded to you know um, media interviews about women in the industry. And when you when you look at it, there are very very strong and and um, uh, capable women throughout the industry. And, and so I think, again, the alcohol issue is definitely a problem, but is absolutely not uh, just us. Yeah, interesting. Um, because I've worked in a number of industries, mainly in sort of, the again, very male-dominated. I worked in business journalism and, you know, accounting, finance, law, engineering, construction, inevitably very much male dominated and a lot of things happen from my perspective as a journalist I don't get to see a lot of it people usually put their best face on when they're talking to me um and if it's something behind closed doors it'll be very industry focused rather than um like for a tip-off rather than anything that we'd probably also consider a bit of a crossover with social issues um so to what extent do you think uh, we have these issues over in Australia and New Zealand because it seems endemic to the brewing industry in the US. It seems like a, a thing that is part of their culture, this innate sexism and misogyny. Not everyone, obviously, don't get me wrong. I'm not, not saying that that's a thing. But it seems to be so common and frequent and experienced by very many women in that industry in that country. Do we have those same issues? Do we experience the same level over in Australia or New Zealand? I think... That's actually part of the challenge. So the first thing I would say is um, probably. Um, and certainly in speaking with um, the Pink Boots New Zealand chair, um, their sort of feedback 
or their anonymous stories and, and their comments coming forward um, seem to come on. It, um, there seems to be a lot of it in the hospitality side. So a lot of the women um, from the hospitality side, we engage with that less as the Brewers Guild. Um, but I do think, I mean, I don't want to jump to solutions and problems, but certainly one of the things we don't have is good um, data on this. Um, and so I think, you know, we want to sort of size the problem so we know what to do. And on the other hand, part of me thinks we don't really need to size the problem because any one incident is too many. And oh, so, um, you know, as we work this through, um, that's one of the challenges that I see in my mind, which is there are so many strings to kind of pull on um, and certainly as a woman one of the things that I felt a, a woman who heads up who is a prominent woman in the industry I felt um, reading uh, the incidents a really personal pressure um, to get it right on behalf of all women mm-hmm. and to have all the answers and oh, to know a lot what of to pressure do. for yourself there's the it, it is but I'm sure you know Kylie and, and Tiff felt the same way which is you both feel it um you know, sort of personally on those individual incidences and then you feel it in this sort of role that you have and you think, oh, my God, you know, like what am I going to do to fix this? And it's sort of this layered on, layered on um, challenges. And so um, sort of pulling it back there, I've been having lots of discussions where I'm trying to figure it out out loud and one of the questions I've got is do we have to, do we have to size the problem to know what some – to find the right answers. Yeah. And like, how do you even do that? <laughs> or, or do we not have to size the problem because we just know it's there based on, you know, anonymous stories and reporting and and industry chat? And, and I just sort of oscillate back and forth on that in my own mind. Mm-hmm. I think from my perspective, um, to, just to answer your question, Claire, I think that the difference between, and I, I kind of have been quoted as saying this from day one, that the issues, you know, um, started to become more prevalent is there's a very big difference between the the, uh, legislation and regulation and or regulation and support mechanisms in the US than there are here. And I don't deny that there are issues and that there are issues, you know, when, when the IBA released a statement, I've had quite a number of responses back and, and I would suggest half of them were from men. Um, asking what we were going to do in response to issues that they've had. And so um, I think that the system in America and the the, um, the potential for I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to end up on the street, so I won't say anything, it is quite a bit different than here. And so I feel and I hope um, that maybe the, the issue is not as widespread here as it is there but it is absolutely undeniably prevalent in, in any industry. And so I think we, um, like Sabrina, do, do we need data? We've got an issue to deal with. And so uh, as leadership, uh, as organisations or people that are in leadership positions, we absolutely have a role to respond and to be part of the solution. Yeah, I think for me, I've been working in the craft beer industry in Australia for 10 years now, and I don't question that it's a problem because I know for me personally when I was younger and less confident speaking out I know that I felt it and experienced it firsthand now that I'm older and a lot stronger personality I don't I don't personally see it as much anymore but for me what that kind of much to what Sabrina was saying is 
for me now, I feel personally like I really want to be quite protective of the the women that we have in this industry and make sure that they all feel safe and don't need to deal with things that we might have had to deal with 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting as well um, on Kylie's point that you mentioned that we've sort of got some more protections in terms of employment, in terms of law, in terms of, um, you know, just the way that we do things in with employee contracts and internally. But what sort of jumped up at me was really that, you know, we are still a relatively young industry in on the smaller side, of, of taking away Line CB, um, the, the bigger brewers, who will obviously, I assume, have um, lots of internal processes and ways to deal with things like this and um, just have done that for longer effectively. Um, For me, it seems to be that we're quite a young industry. We're still professionalizing. We're still trying to understand these processes. We're still trying to understand how to become professional businesses in quotation marks I think a lot of people like their um, and they have great backstories about where they've come from and not everybody's come from the same industry and therefore hasn't got the same background in these processes that that other people do and some do Um, do you think there's a little bit of that going on that we need to educate ourselves on these processes and and how to do that because of our youth as an industry is that fair yeah I think um for me, it's not just the youth of the industry, but it's also small businesses. Mm. So small businesses, um, you know, brewing or other, don't have HR departments. Um, there's not often a, an independent person you can go to. So I was having this conversation not in relation to um, sexual harassment but in relation to harassment or bullying generally. Mm. If it's your boss and it's a small business – where do you go? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Who would you and, talk yeah. to? And yeah. then and then because the brewing industry is quite small, you know, in the larger context, if you want to stay in the brewing industry and, and you have not had a good time in that business, where do you go? And how do you get references and how do you move around? And so I do think notwithstanding um, legislative protection for employment situations, the practical realities of how you navigate some of that are quite difficult. Um, And so I definitely think, um, you know, I certainly know of the mentoring program that, um, and I'm sure Tiff will speak to that soon. Um, I know that Pink Boots New Zealand are starting to have similar discussions um, and, and it's led me to think a lot about sort of what's coined these days as courageous conversations. And so I think a lot about how do we educate everyone, both the people who want to, to make statements about the way they feel they're being treated and the employers and the people in small businesses to have courageous conversations that um, because I think some of those conversations aren't being had well um, and that can lead to feelings of harassment and bullying that maybe could be cleared up through good conversations. And I think it goes both ways. And so for me, I've been really kind of mulling on how do we solve for that? Because I think um, the sexual harm, sexual harassment is a component of one of the issues that we need to deal with generally. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I think that's a huge part of the problem is the small business aspect, because even some of the larger breweries that sorry, larger craft breweries that have an HR person employed, they still in most cases would report to the the owner, the GM, the board, the investor, and it's still a very small team. So even in that case, 
it's harder to bring it even to the next level from that point. So it's really hard to know that these conversations need to happen within a small business because again, small teams. So everyone's going to have a lot more contact with each other. And that's what I, I mean, that's in terms of the mentoring program, that is one thing that we were hearing from members is that they just, there was a need to just know that there's a place that you can reach out to somebody to get advice. And so we did set up the mentoring program quite casually more just so that some of the younger women, newer women in the industry just had a person with maybe some sort of similar experience that they could reach out to for advice or coaching. Yeah, that's it. And I think you're right because people are, especially if they're younger in the industry, are scared to say anything because they don't want to lose their job or they don't want to be given um, crap things to do because they've made a complaint, even if it's just to the person that is doing whatever the issue is. Um, I think that because of the small business thing, there's much fewer checks and balances. There's much fewer ways to deal with it and way fewer um, people that are being educated in how to deal with conflict in the workplace um, and how to deal with that when it occurs effectively so that's an interesting one and that is an industry-wide thing that's probably a like a universal thing really um, which is a really interesting point and definitely something to to have a look at Um, but yeah on that then before we sort of move on to what organizations can do um we've had a lot of apologies and responses from lots of u.s brewers people even a couple over here um you know they've had they've said they've come out and said you know this is obviously awful and we do this and we do that and this is how we avoid that i know karina steve from prancing pony did a really good post on facebook um just talking about the culture in the industry and her experiences. Um, But not all of them were like that. Many of them were from breweries that were either involved in the issue or weren't involved at all but felt they had to speak about it. Um, Do you think businesses, do you think breweries have a responsibility? Do you think they should come out outright and say that? Do we have to make that what seemingly obvious point that we obviously (laughs) disagree with this terrible behavior like do we need to tell everyone I think I'm going to jump in here first Mm. because it's something that I have been having these conversations with very prominent women in our industry over the last few days and it's not it's not unnoticed that not a single Australian brewery has come out and said anything so the IBA has come out with a statement which was amazing and as Pink Boots we shared a statement uh, and Garage Project shared a statement. Um, Other than that, so Corinna's Corinna's, uh, story was amazing. But Mm -hmm. again, from her personal point of view, um, I do think it's important that in our industry, not not just our industry, but like for for the face of consumers as well, to, to say something. I think it's really important for breweries to say, you know, And maybe it's something that we can help them with by saying, you know, here's some things that you can say, but, you know, it's important to say that this is an inclusive space and we're not going to tolerate, you know, discrimination of any sort, because the problem that I see is that what they're doing is they're harboring a safe space for people, for other people who think it's okay to make sexist comments, um, bully and, you know, misogyny, bigotry in general. So Mm -hmm. for me, I do think it's important that we see public support. I've had a lot of people reach out privately 
and I haven't seen any public conversations about this to take it outside so that consumers also know how important it is that this is an inclusive and diverse industry. I think it's a no-brainer, Claire. I think that, um, you know, I, I know that I know that it's a very serious and important question to ask, but I can't understand why anybody would say no. I can't understand why there, there wouldn't be a loud cry um, of, no, we don't support this. This is not the world we live in today and this is not okay, uh, you know, and I, I, I think that, you know, there, there are definitely a lot of conversations going on. This is, this is relatively new as well. So there may be some reticence, Prancing Pony. I agree. Karina's statement was fantastic and certainly um, got, got a good response. Um, and so th there is absolutely no reason I can think of why, why any business wouldn't come out and say, this is not okay anymore. If it ever was. I mean, I think there are two different things here, which is one, do you need to make a statement immediately in the aftermath mm -hmm. of like these issues yeah. coming up? Um, or do you need to do the things that Tiff, Tiff's talking about, which is say it's not okay in our business and our industry? And I think, um, you know, we just had the racism issue in New Zealand literally a week before this yes. broke yeah. in the US. <laughs> yep. And every brewery came out and made a statement. But I can tell you what was really frustrating as the organisation in between, which is then when we said, well, what does the – everybody's made a statement. Everybody's put out a big, bold, we don't support this. And then we say, great, we really appreciate your enthusiasm for making sure that we remove harassment and bullying and we create an inclusive workplace. How would you like to get involved? What would you like to do? And in the vast majority of the time, it was crickets. And so I, um, we, the Brewers Guild, have not made a statement about these issues in the US, in part because it was a week after the issues that we're still dealing with with respect to the racism piece. Uh, and I do think they go together and, uh, and I think we should have a conversation about that a little bit later on. But I think there are statements if you genuinely believe it, um, like the Garage Project one, and you, and you know what the actions are that you're going to take to make sure, but a statement for statement's sake, for the performance of being seen, rather than genuinely believing and wanting to live it. And that's not to say, I know when our board, when this came up, um, you, you know, each one of them, men, had, um, what can we do? You know, they had all of those comments, but not every one of their breweries is posting an online statement. And so I just want to disconnect kind of the the statements and and the actions and the doing and whilst I think I, I totally agree we want to stand up and say this is not okay here and and you saw that immediately with respect to the racism piece in New Zealand but the timing of that meant that people were still pushing back on <laughs> pushing back <laughs> on this massive racism incident yeah. that had occurred and that these comments were based in experiences that occurred overseas and so I don't think because every brewery hasn't come out and said we don't agree with with this it it doesn't mean that they're not acknowledging or accepting that something needs to happen in New Zealand I just think we're taking some time to think through mm -hmm. what does that look like so that the statement can be accompanied by and here's what we're going to do yeah mm. yeah I think that authenticity piece is really key and to also make sure that your ducks are in a row in your own organisation first. I really 
think, or maybe I've just got an inclination that people haven't said much about the sexism in issue in the industry over here because they're like, oh God, what do we say? Like, how do you say it right? How do you not offend people? How do we also make sure that this isn't an issue in our business? Like, we're going to have to go and have a look, go through a fine tooth comb, make sure our processes are right before we get to that point where we can say outright, yeah, absolutely, we don't have this in our organisation. I wonder if there's a bit of reticence there because yeah. I think they aren't it's sure. also okay <laughs> to say... I, we we're not perfect. We're learning, but mm-hmm. you know, to say I'm going to put the effort in, you know, to ch- to make changes. Yeah. I think that's just as important. That's it. Yeah. For us, it was for the IBA. It was um, you know we were. I was certainly my phone had rung off the hook, um, and it was <laughs> Sorry, important. <Kylie. laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's it's a good thing, Claire. Um, you know, it was important for us to come out and say. Um, we don't support it in any way, shape and form, any of this kind of behaviour and that, you know, for me the more important thing is we assume we had shown leadership in this space. We wanted to make sure uh, that everybody knew we were looking inwardly, getting our own house in order, making sure that, you know, there wasn't more we could do internally as an organisation and to let everybody know that, uh, you know, that there was uh, tools available to our members, certainly um uh, via our, our our kind of health and well-being resource pillar and our uh, dedicated resources that we provide for members and that we were looking at what else we could do to further support the industry so it was a it was a statement as well as a placeholder just so people knew that we were going we were not going to let it go by without looking at what else we could do mm-hmm. it's really interesting as well because i think i don't know if anyone saw like two weeks ago, Stomping Ground did a bit of a post about um, pots for shots, like if you had a vaccination uh, and then I think they'd give you a free beer or something. And the anti-vaxxers piled on, absolutely piled on. I wonder if there's a bit of reticence there to even mention the sexism issue because of leading to something like that, to having a backlash from... The anti woke or whatever I don't even know what they're called these days. Um, from that aspect, do you think that's a f- is that fair to say or is that completely insane? Personally, I think it's probably something that is going through a business owner's head. I think they're mm-hmm. certainly thinking about that. I think that's a scary place that we live. Mm-hmm. That that's what that's what you're worried about. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that. Um, you know, I find having this conversation really difficult myself yeah and I'm a cisgendered woman in a senior role <laughs> and I worry that I'm going to say the wrong thing that mm-hmm. I'm going to not um, authentically um, acknowledge the experiences of women just because I haven't experienced it I think that maybe if I don't sound emotive enough that that means that I'm somehow dismissing it and yet I think if I don't go strategic enough um, I'm not going to meet the brief of trying to find the solution. Um, and and so I do know in conversations with, you know, because we are a male-dominated industry um, with men in those positions, they shy away from having any conversation at all for fear of saying the wrong thing and, mm-hmm. frankly, from the internet pile-on yes. um, <laughs> for having said the wrong thing. And certainly in the racism space in New Zealand um, – Twitter is not the place for a nuanced conversation. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, and and yeah. neither are Facebook comments. And so things that, 
you know, people were trying in good faith to, to, to think out loud, how do we work together on this and, and, and really kind of got shut down with um, you didn't say no hard enough and therefore you're part of the problem. And, and, I, and so I genuinely think that part of the, uh, the challenge is that, um, is that, you know, some of it is very black and white and as Kylie said, you know, it should be pretty obvious that you mm-hmm. say um, – Assault and 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 all of the things associated um, with demeaning women is inappropriate, and yet um, when you get to kind of sort of the practical side of it, you know, but people are uncomfortable and they don't know what to do and they don't know what the solution is because there is no easy solution. I mean, if we could all just wish it away and we could all agree, <laughs> I don't, th- I think we I would think all, we'd be all there. agree. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. think the industry as a whole would say, "Yep, get rid of it," but. Yeah. Um, and, and so I do think part of the struggle is not, you know, Tiff pointed it before, everybody's learning um, and everybody wants to do it right. But if they don't do it right, there's this fear that they'll be kind of publicly shamed for getting it wrong in the first instance. Yeah, exactly. Which could then have actual business impacts to them and the people that they employ and their customers and everything like that if they get it wrong, um, which I don't think we would have necessarily had that worry or that threat decades ago when people didn't bother with social media pylons etc and I think it is a really difficult space for a business to be in to be seen to be saying something and want to say something authentically but also then not want to get completely piled on and trashed in social media have that make literally mainstream news and I hold my hands up as a journalist and say look we as my profession does some terrible things with stuff like that drags things on far longer than they should points out completely the wrong things doesn't allow for a conversation just wants that sensational headline Um, and that's something we really try to avoid at Bruise News Um, and we try to have these conversations which I'm really glad you guys all came on today and so we could have these discussions Um, and I really believe that people are thinking this exact same thing um, in their own businesses and they're kind of looking to organisations like all of yours to say like what the hell do we do about this Um, so I I guess next question then is what do you guys think business can do internally to make staff feel safe to have a recourse if something does go wrong um bearing in mind obviously we've discussed the the small business case and everything like that what do you what do you think what can we do it's not easy and it's something like I'm working with the IBA to come up with some solutions to this I'm working on the side with a group of women and we're we're all kind of sitting here going we know we feel the pressure to do something, but what it is we do first, no one knows if it's the right thing. Yeah. So I know for us, what we're, you know, not as, you know, Pink Boots ourselves, we are, Pink Boots Australia, we're, we're really open to working with the IBA to coming up with a solution, but also not just independent beer. It's all beer that we need to look, th- look to. Um, there's another groups that I'm personally working with and we're kind of looking at is there a pledge that we can put together for consumers and trade? Um, and also looking into things like policies, I think that's important. Everybody's right now looking at what their policies are and a third party reporting system, I think is going to be really important for all these small businesses and what the solution is exactly. I don't know, but I think most importantly right now is we keep having this conversation Um, And we keep calling out anything that is 
pet anything. And I mean, it's not just about women in our industry and it's not just about sexism. It's about overall inclusion and diversity. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's important is the more we talk about it, the more we know, the, the more we should feel comfortable that it's not going to be a one woman fight in any given room, but that everybody needs to start calling it out so that it's not just a one woman fight. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that Tiff said there. And sort of part of um, what we've been talking about in New Zealand is sort of like what is the end goal? And so it's um, – and I think we keep coming back to its overall inclusion and diversity. Um, and there are the humanity reasons to do that, but there's the business reasons to do that. We need a workforce in the brewing industry that reflects the society that we live in. And we know that it doesn't. So um, – and if we do that, that is one of the sort of um, – uh, boxes that will help us in the long term and then I think the make um, make people feel people all people feel safe in our industry is the other one and so um, we sort of come back to you know as Tiff said what do we do first and then what do we do next uh, um, because this is this has been endemic as we all started out with so this is not a one month two month three month one year two year problem this is a 10-year cultural change that we're embarking upon and that is hard mm-hmm. and it is relentless and we need a lot of parties to the table. There is no single entity, no single business, no single activity that will solve it. It's going to be a multidisciplinary approach with lots of partners collaborating but we have to have a really clear vision and end goal and so I think, um, you know, I keep describing it as you know, an inclusive and diverse workforce. Um, And I think sort of that's the starting place for us. So, um, you know, like like the IBA, we have a range of tools um, available and, you know, thankfully some of um, the things that we have in place are already um, addressing some of of the immediate solutions that we needed to see. So that's really good. Um, But I do think we need sort of a larger... A larger solution and and part of what Tiff started out with was you know there needs to be a space for a conversation and and we've been really wrestling with how can we have this type of conversation the one we're having today um, as a safe space for lots of people to be involved that's not online yes preferably um, not quite public just yet not <laughs> quite public but also a safe forum mm-hmm. to get together to have the conversation because I think feeling heard and and acknowledging that this is occurring and letting everybody be part of the solution is a huge part of it but how do we do that in a COVID era how do we do that in a um in a sensitive but inclusive way when everybody is busy doing other things (laughs) running businesses making beer (laughs) running businesses and you know we've been focused you know Kylie touched on it before well-being you know, two years ago at our conference, it was about resilience and well-being because everybody is feeling snowed under mm. and you feel snowed under and then you get the pressure of this on top. And it's not to say it's not important or it's not significant and it shouldn't be happening, but it is also um, one more weight to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just wrestling with how do we do that well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with I agree with everything, obviously, that has been said. And, and as Tiff said, we're, we're working 
here uh, as closely as we can initially uh, and immediately I reached out to the Brewers Association, uh, our our national organisation of, of uh, Lions CUB and Coopers because, you know, there are many instances where we are aligned on our views and and this is certainly one of them and, and they're, they're also happy to be very involved in, in a broader national industry-wide conversation. So I think everybody is... I think the sentiment is absolutely there. The desire is absolutely there to to um, to jump in boots and all and to, to do whatever we can. But as Sabrina said, it's just working out what we can do first, second and third that has the most impact and the most influence. Um, and I think, you know, again, I just, you know, reiterate what I said earlier in regard to we're getting our own looking inwardly, um, as I think is best you can do as a leadership, uh, national leadership organisation and saying, you know, what could we, what tools could we have provided that are different? Do we need to update? We're, you know, we're going to down, you know, as far as looking at advertising standards and what needs to come out of, um, you know, new policies or updating of policies. We're looking at, at, um, at engaging somebody to, to, to roll out a bunch of uh, templates for businesses that they can use for their human resources, position descriptions, um, you know, a, a, I guess a 360 look at what can possibly change a culture and what can uh, further aid, again, all these small businesses that we talk about. And, and I completely agree with you, the, the HR manager is usually, and, and it is in our case, you know, I'm the HR manager, I'm IT, I'm admin, you know, <laughs> we're, all, yep. we're all boots and all in in uh, in running these either small companies or businesses. And so it's, it's, you know, what can we do with our own limited time and resources that will make the greatest impact? And I think I agree that, um, I agree that conversations online are certainly not healthy. And I, you know, personally, uh, you know, I, I agree with the, with the, with the other women on this call and that having this conversation is very difficult, even for, um, for me as a woman who's, you know, um, worked in senior management roles for quite some time. And I haven't put anything online myself yet because firstly, I try and avoid a lot of it for my own mental health. And, and secondly, it is, you know, what do you do? What step? What what step do you take that you're not then um, taking taking the wrong uh, move? And I think um, what we've taken the the view, or I've taken the view, I should say, that everybody needs to deal with things in a different way. So if there's an opportunity to have a conversation in person, then those people that feel comfortable to do that will come forward. I think if there's a a safe space, and we're looking at our own um, forums, our, our our system that um, we run our membership off has a internal online forum um, tool that we can use. I think we need to look, you know, at a, at a, at a multi-pronged approach to what we do here just because everybody does things in their own way in their own time. And I just want to um, pick up on something that Kylie said there, which is I agree with everything, um, but you made the point that, um, you know, limited resources. So, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand is funded through membership. This is the IBA um, and, and Pink Boots. And we all have great aspirations to solve this problem. We want, we want genuinely want to provide the tools, do everything we can. But our resources are far from infinite. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really, really hard to make the level of impactful change that you want sometimes within the resource constraints that you have. And so I think there is this challenge that we face of matching what we can do 
with the resources that we have available. So the Brewers Guild of New Zealand is 1.5 FTEs <laughs> and we do everything, everything as Kylie said. And mm-hmm. so there is, you know, that that is a real genuine struggle um, and our struggle is reflected in the struggle of our small businesses. They yeah. have the same the same pressures. So that's not to say that we're um, we're special or we're different or we should be different, but that resource constraint is a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be. It's really interesting as well because the Brewers Guild includes um, the major brewers as well, does it not? Yeah, it really? does. So we've got um, we've got Lion and DB um, who are who are the largest players mm-hmm. in New Zealand and they're members of ours. And certainly when we talk about, you know, leadership in this space, you know, they do huge amounts of work around inclusion and policies within their own workspaces. And so they are they are um, great resources to draw on yeah. in terms of what can we do. That's it. And I mean, that was sort of one thing that just popped up when Kylie said she talked to the um, BA over here, is that, like we were talking about earlier, these are massive companies who've had decades to come up with processes so do you think that there's something in it what do you think they can teach us about how to do this as smaller businesses or is it just completely out of our reach because we just don't have the resources that they would have and that this is obviously the smaller end um i mean lion so for example we um have employment agreement templates um this is getting pretty wonky but um (laughs) you know we have employment agreement templates um that we've been providing to our members um, and part of that includes a standards of conduct, a draft standards of conduct that we recommend. And, and we review those um, templates every couple of years to keep in line with legislative changes. So we started that process in uh, January this year. And as part of that, I reached out to Lion and said, hey, you guys do lots of work around inclusion and diversity. We really want to strengthen our diversity statements in our standards of conduct. Can you please help me? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were able to come back and say, look, here's some of the language that we use here. Here's why this language is good, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's a really finicky uh, – and we rolled out those um, those employment templates and that standards of conduct um, last week or this week, um, it, the revised version. And so that's a really small thing, but that was something that was um, very practical in their help mm-hmm. that came from them really thinking about that a lot over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's the point, isn't it? That there's like a two-pronged approach here. There's like the things that you can do practically within your business, within your structures of your business, and then also the much more nebulous concept of culture and how to have that kind of culture. And I think that's the interesting point as well is that, you know, not all the stories of sexism in the industry are as extreme as we saw on Brienne Allen's posts I think a lot of it is much more low level and I think a lot of us do ignore it most of the time um, which is an interesting one because then it becomes invasive and it becomes part of the wider culture Um, but in terms of and I think Tiff mentioned it briefly um, a while back in terms of consumer confidence in the brewing industry will this affect how people perceive the brewing industry? I think there's a perception that the brewing industry, wherever it is, is friendly and welcoming and we're all mates here and stuff like that. Do you think that knocks that a little bit? I think on the whole, the brewing, again, my own experience in in just over 12 months um, and certainly from the people that I work with and engage with with who work for breweries, um, I think overall the culture is 
good. I think it is inclusive. Um, and yes, that might be a big statement, but again, that's from my own observation and from the people that I speak to. There are instances, again, as we said earlier on, in any industry where this is, and, and probably some way more um, impacted than ours when it comes to these issues. I also think that in Australia, again, uh, the difference between what's happened here and the BA is is uh, fundamentally that we're Australians and the culture that we provide or, or um, the culture in a workplace is perceived uh, as, as probably being better than some. The reality is in some instances that's not the case. But on the whole, I think uh, I, I want to think and I want to move forward thinking that we don't have a problem as, as big as the BAs. I, I question, um, and I don't know the answer, I question whether or not this would have reached consumers yet and whether or not if it has, it changes their patterns of behaviour. I know very quickly um, things get out of control on social media and I've seen it many instances over the last 12 months and been shocked certainly at some and how they can, you know, where it's come from and where it goes to. Um, and I am kind of looking in this space at the minute and I haven't seen a lot of that coming from a consumer's perspective. Um, so I would hope, again, that overall the perception is that, that it is the craft beer industry is uh, one of, of a collegiate nature and one that is uh, supporting a culture of inclusivity and, and diversity. Um, but I, I don't know the answers yet and I'm not sure whether or not uh, we'll see them for a little while in terms of a consumer impact if there is one at all. And I mean, that's the interesting thing as well, isn't it? That if we make a deal to say this and say, you know, we are inclusive then and put that on our social media and all this kind of stuff, then automatically we've said that there, this is a problem and that's gone yeah. out to the public. And then yeah. it's I, a bit of a tricky I one. Actually, I actually, I, I have high hopes for it changing some consumer behaviour because I think by not saying anything for a very long time, it's harbored some really bad consumer behavior. And I would like to see that put an end to really. I hope that they don't feel like craft beer is a space to be sexist or racist or misogynist in the future. Yeah, I I sort of, um, I feel both things. So I think um, whilst it might not have harmed consumer confidence um, necessarily in the product itself. I'm not sure that craft beer is seen as super inclusive and diverse. I think, you know, three white dudes with beards is the <laughs> prevailing um, stereotype, um, probably for good reason, walking around the AIBAs um, <laughs> of craft beer. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I echo Tiff's point, which is um, that actually where a lot of the, the feedback has come to Pink Boots New Zealand in the last um, little while has been with respect to the treatment of hospitality staff in, in their engagement with the consumer, mm-hmm. um, in, in part in that that one-to-one bar um, space or tap room space. Um, and so, you know, Hospitality New Zealand, who support a lot of those, is the other entity that we're kind of reaching out to and saying, hey, because um, they have done a lot of work with their members. Um, and so that's another space that we're, we're sort of connecting to as well because um, let's not reinvent the wheel if they've got some really good programs going. Yeah, and I think every time we say it's not that bad here, we're downplaying all of these issues, it, there is a problem in Australia and New Zealand mm-hmm. and it does need to be addressed. 
that's that really hard thing between let's acknowledge it, right? Because by not acknowledging it, we're also wiping away the way women feel. But by acknowledging it and talking about it, I do think it's probably quite re-traumatising for some of the women who've had some of the most severe experiences. And yet, if we don't acknowledge it, we don't have sort of the case for change. Um, And yet, by acknowledging it, we're sort of, we are... We have to do the work. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no backsies. Yeah, you know, like there's no. You can't take it back. There's no backsies anymore. <laughs> like we've acknowledged it. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does. We have constrained resources. We're stressed. We've got the mental load. We're doing all the things. But that yeah. that I- it is what it is now. Like mm-hmm. let's let's go. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's it's um, you know it's good that we're having a laugh about such a serious issue, but um, you know the, the even the conversation that we're having is we're coming from a place of feeling, which is very very much what women do, and I think um, you know I think as long as there's a desire, and clearly there is even between you know the three of us and Claire um, as well, and 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 not you know that's not to say anybody else in our organisations or, or Bruce News is is not, but just the fact that this is happening is a step forward in my view. And um, again, as women, we want to solve all the problems and we want to be the one that is taking on the emotional burden. That's, you know, I I was warned, um, you know, share a, a little personal story. I mentioned to my partner that, you know, these emails were coming in over the weekend and last week as a result of our statement. And some of them were very, were very, very difficult to read. And, you know, he said to me, very, be very careful here. You always want to solve the problems of the world and you're <laughs> going to take this on yourself and yep. you're going to you wear it emotionally and you'll, you know, all the other things that a partner would say, which is very, very kind. And he's, he's right. And, and this conversation is just, you know, kind of, I guess, cemented that view for me is that we are, we are problem solvers and we do want to get in and, and, um, boots and all, no, no, uh, pardon the pun, Tiff, um, <laughs> and, and provide resources. And I think, again, showing leadership as well as giving our members the tools is, is, is an enormous amount in starting and having and being part of the conversation as well as changing culture. Yeah, that's it. It, it is pretty awesome, though, I have to say. I, I mean, I think about our board is all male, not through design but through volunteer. Um, we've actively tried to recruit females. Um, but because there are less females, they bear the burden of wearing many hats all the time. Um, but they are incredibly supportive around finding a solution, but they've also made room for me to kind of lead the way. But I do think it is remarkable that of the two industry associations um, oh, for yeah. quote-unquote craft in Australia and New Zealand, um, that they are led by women mm-hmm. and that Pink Boots is active in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that in and of itself, having women in, in prominent roles is one of the things that we need to keep doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I said that before we came on, didn't I? I was like, it wasn't that hard to find some uh, prominent women in the industry. So thank you very much for that, everyone. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, all right, guys. Well, I don't think we're quite at the hour, but unless anybody else wanted to mention anything else, I think we've touched on as many points as we humanly could <laughs> in this space of time. Um, what, what do you think, guys? I think um, I think this has been a very brave conversation to have uh, at this point in time, and I and I have really enjoyed 
being with and Sabrina and I know that um, you know I know that the three of us will continue working and uh, and I appreciate the fact that um, you know Vinnie Brews News and uh, other Australian beer media are uh, being involved in this and and realise that they are part of that discussion in, in some instances more than a lot of us. So I thank I thank you, Claire, for for again being brave enough to to do this and and I I look forward to what we can achieve together. Amazing, thanks, Carly. Here, here, and Tiff, don't you have a podcast that you're going to be kind of? Oh yeah, Crack digging, the Zealand. Dig, digging yeah. a bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so banger. we've got, um, <laughs> we basically, and it's it, how this podcast started was talking about all of the conversations that we've been having sort of behind the wall or whispers between ourselves as women. So we, we quite often have had these conversations between ourselves. So we said, it's time to have them publicly. Um, so Lindsay, Greg and I started a podcast called Crack the Ceiling, where we're really talking about the intersection of gender and craft beer. Um, and taking all of these conversations quite public now. Yeah, fantastic. Definitely a good uh, good listen, even. I listened to the Zoe uh, Ottaway one the other day, which was really <laughs> interesting about soft roles um, for women in the industry. Um, so thank you so much for your work you're doing on that as well, Tiff. Um, but to all of you as well, um, you know, like I say, it was amazing. I didn't have to search hard uh, to find some amazing women, some prominent women in the industry. And I know you guys all in your networks have those women as well. Um, so for me, um, as someone who is relatively relatively new I've only been in the industry like two years now um to see that is amazing and it's not something that I've seen in many other industries um I I hear a lot of lip service in lots of other industries but not a lot of actually doing it and I think that we do it and we try and we have these conversations and that's all that we can do um and I think that's what's going to make the industry better and going to make the industry uh, change. Uh, so we'll we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And thank you all, guys. Can I just make one last plug? Mm, of course. Which is um, <laughs> if anybody's listening to this podcast and has an idea, oh, wants yeah. to get involved, <laughs> Let us know. Um, has a great Please. solution, has a story to tell, um, Claire will put our email addresses in I the will. show notes. Um, but get in touch with any one of us or with Bruise News directly and they can direct it and we might not have the answers but collectively if we're all working towards the answers we'll get there and if you just want to make sure that you are heard we are listening and so please get in touch that would be my last plug. We've also got a there's a an Instagram started called Beer Agents for Change for Australia New Zealand just to start to collect ideas as well and this is for consumers and trade as well as the, the industry as a whole fantastic awesome and we just said we were struggling with stuff to do and we weren't sure which way to go <laughs> but apparently we've got loads going on <laughs> all right fantastic thank you guys thank you Thanks, welcome Claire see you Sabrina and Tiff <laughs> thank you don't forget if you like what we do at Radio Brews News you can help us out in a number of ways You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at bruisenews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. 